This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Sutton Red. Oh, it slips sliding away for the town as Swindon season continues to wobble at the wrong time. A late 1-0 loss to playoff rivals Newport County in front of over 11,000 at the county ground. Here to discuss, it's Connor. Hey, Connor. Hi, Rich. How's it going? Very good, thank you. I I think you're more over this performance slash loss than I am. I I, I was I was in a mood yesterday <laughs> at the game, and to the point where I was talking so much nonsense, I had to apologise to the person I was sat next to because <laughs> I was just waffling on. Oh yeah, that oh yeah seems like something that you can relate to when talking to me, Connor. No, it's, I think more <laughs> I can relate to doing that um, because yeah, I mean I can only apologise to people that have to overhear me talking about the game as it goes on. Um, but yeah, I think I, I am over it in the sense that it's not ruined my weekend, uh, but I felt so down when that goal went in. Um, and I, I think it's just the case of it hurt so much in the moment that like I couldn't feel that bad about football for long um, and just had, like, had to get it all out in like a, an hour or so. Uh, and by the time I got home, it was kind of fought into perspective. Um, but honestly, like that moment is actually a, weirdly, I, 
I, I think you're the sort of person, Rich, that does the same kind of thing as I did yesterday. Um, but I actually stayed about a bit at the end of the game because firstly, I just couldn't kind of get my brain into gear to move to get out of the ground. But secondly, I just like needed to take in everything that I'd just seen because like the final 10 minutes or so of that game was so emotional, so raw, that I just had to look at the Swindon players um, applauding like the you know few fans that remained um look at like how bouncing that away end was on the other side and just feel so jealous <laughs> that they've had that big <laughs> promotion moment um and just like take a breath and take it all in and yeah try and get out the system and i i, f- I think it worked because yeah hear a slightly upbeat tone of voice <laughs> as we record <laughs> this now but yeah behind this i'm seething that the, the season seems to be drawing to an end slightly early. Yeah, it it feels that way, but it might not be, you know, as we'll discuss. Yeah, I was exactly the same. I think win, lose or draw normally, when the final whistle goes, I sort of, by instinct, stand up to go, applaud, to, to, to cheer, whatever. I stayed in my seat just a little bit, just like just sat there for a few seconds longer, 30 seconds maybe, probably was about a minute longer than I usually would, just let people go in out. And yeah, listening to the Newport fans, having a great time. And I, I was sat there going, if, I wondered whether if they were that noisy throughout the game, Swindon might have played a bit better or we might have been a bit louder in the stands because from an atmosphere perspective, it didn't click this weekend, did it? Yeah, there was a couple of points where um, the crowd got going. I think just after the disallowed goal in the first half, um, it was pretty loud for maybe five minutes after that. Um People were kind of getting annoyed by some of the inconsistent foul decisions by the referee in the first bit of that second half as well, um, which which produced noise. But yeah, there there wasn't anything kind of longer um, and like a bit more sustained, um, like we've had in a few games, like like the Walsall game where it just picked up. Uh, the team reacted, the fans reacted to the team reacting, and it became like a really good vicious circle um but uh, yeah we didn't we didn't have that <clears throat> I, I think it was just it was hard to kind of get your teeth into it though I, I mean the game was so stop start uh it, it was quite a good game in the first half and I think probably if you're a new Newport fan in the second half you'd say it was a good game as well uh but uh it was so there were so many like sort of sort of just little fouls and stuff stopping the game it, it, it felt quite hard to kind of do anything other than groan as a Swindon fan, especially mm, towards the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can see why the fa- the fans weren't quite as up for it as we we might have thought we would have been pre kick off. Um, but yeah, it it was a weird. It it, it wasn't quite the atmosphere you'd think of, of like a promotion six pointer with eleven thousand fans there. But you know, is what it is. Is what it is. So much police presence. <laughs> for this game I got into Swindon really early around about midday and there were five to ten police officers on each platform much more outside a few more vans than usual horse <laughs> and I was and I don't think I saw many uh hordes of uh, Newport fans probably because I was so early and it's one of the real pluses of my day is that I think they must have held them back at full time because there was n- there were none on the Bristol train which was a joy because I was really dreading that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was an it was an odd one, and I was really looking forward to it. The sun was out, and um, the Swindon lineup 
was fine. You know, I had no issues with it at all. Wallacott in goal at the back. You had Conroy and Baudry with Hunt and Tomlinson on the left and right. You had Reed in his usual place returning from suspension. Iandolo back in that position where he's been so good this season with Jack Payne. Barry and Johnny Williams on the wings and Davison up front. I mean, there's going to be a lot of discussion in this episode about the defence and their performances and this, that and the other. But at two o'clock when I saw that come through, yeah, fine. I, w- I wasn't I wasn't too offended. Jacob Bryan's been poorly. Ben Gladwin's just coming back from injury. Egbo, they don't seem to commit on. Everyone knows my opinion on Akinodomeo. I would rather he be in the team. But it, it's not an offensive lineup, is it? No, I mean, it's broadly what I would have expected to be picked. Um, but I'm always going to be a little bit concerned when <laughs> I look at the, the lineup at 2pm and... Uh, Baudry's in there along like I think it's it is mostly Baudry and I don't mean this in like a negative way about him like there there have been times where I've really liked him as a player and and all of this um but I just think recently he he slowed down um a lot and I wasn't particularly happy with his performance at Rochdale and if there's anyone that was fit that could have played in that position I would have played them instead but you know I, I don't see what happens in training I don't know if there's any injuries, but it, it seems bizarre not to play Odomeo if he's like any way fit uh, for that game. But, you know, that that's probably the only thing I would have complained about. So uh, I I think you're right in, 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 in the most part about the selection being sort of <laughs> as good as it could be apart from that one, that one point. Yeah. And, and that point will be raised again later. Don't you worry about that. So, I mean, the first half was broadly okay, and if if you could use that that modern term, you know, the name of a football club, but stick a Y at the end, the Swindony performance, then that first forty five sums up most of our forty fives at home that I've seen. You know, uh, Taze eighty five says plenty of chances first half, but nothing second. Neither side deserve anything really, and you know we could end the pod on that. Yep, just roll credits. Gone. There you go. <laughs> just roll credits now. We can all go and have a cup of tea. But the thing that I think I remember the most, and I don't remember much of the game itself, which I'm going to have to see a doctor or something because this is becoming a running theme. I don't even drink, <laughs> and I think my reaction when reaching out to you guys through WhatsApp was that I was bored. And then the reply from yourself and a couple others was, it's actually quite a good game. What, 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 what was I missing? Am I, just, am I just tired at the moment and I'm just not focusing properly? But I mean, it was just a typical Swindon first half. Lots of endeavour, a few standouts, but ultimately nothing. I think maybe I need to see a doctor about why I, for some reason, enjoy these kind of lots of effort, not much reward first halves of Swindon Town Football Club. Um, that that's that seems to be the only thing for me. I mean, I think what I liked about it is you've got two teams that, in terms of what they do on the ball, they play really nice football. Um, so it was it was a good matchup. Both teams were playing pretty well in that first half. Um, we had a couple of moments where we gave away the ball at the back, and that kind of created their kind of half chances. So um, I mean, there, there are a couple of which they basically I can't see how they didn't score. It's ridiculous. Uh, I think they they almost. There's one where Reed just you know played an absolutely horrible pass, um, and I think that the the Newport oh, yeah, attacker yeah. was so surprised to receive the ball he just didn't know what to do. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, there was one where Wallacott just kicked it straight to an attacker as well who eventually ran it out. So 
there are a couple of defensive kind of uh, errors in terms of trying to play out, which were a little bit concerning. Uh, but they, yeah, they really didn't do anything to, uh, with that. Um, and then there was a lot of work sort of in our final third, creating a few decent chances. Um, obviously, uh, the, the main period of that being sort of in the five minutes or so before half time, uh, where there was a real flurry of chances. Um, I think there was shortly before that a really good save from the Newport keeper on Johnny Williams. Um couple of chances for Barry where I mean from a couple of those I think he should have done better um but you know he's kind of feeling his way back in uh, and and obviously the disallowed goal by Davison so I was thinking you know the the chan- the big chances if you ignore when we've just given the ball away on the edge of the area and they've done nothing have all come away uh, so this is really good uh you know the general play had been quite good uh and he just like on it felt like on virtue of that first half, if things continued that way, we would score sooner rather than later. And I think the the XG from that first half would back that up. I think we we got close to about one in XG in that first half um, from the from the graphs I've seen um, online. So, like we 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 probably should have been ahead at halftime, um, and we weren't. But um, there were there were good signs going into the the second half, which. I guess if you're not going to be ahead at halftime, that's what you want, isn't it? So um, I was feeling pretty upbeat at halftime and I should have just left then, but I stayed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Louis Barry did some absolutely sublime things right in front of where we sit in the Don Rogers stand. And then it all gets kind of wiped out by the the final product and kind of reminds me of Andy King era loan signings where they're super exciting and then where you really need them to kick in. Um, it didn't quite work, but it, it, some of the stuff he was doing was just humiliating the Newport defender. And and Johnny Williams was all right in the first half too, I felt. Their, their left back, I think it was, um, was it Lewis? He really just got wrecked at several points in that first half. And it's, it's a shame that that didn't um, kind of lead to anything, really. Um, I think he got a, a yellow card did, fairly yeah. early on and then was just getting rinsed time and time again um, by, by Barry um, and just couldn't really do anything about it because you couldn't stick a leg out and foul him because he'd have been off. Um, so you just, I just thought at half time we're just going to use that outlet more and more and more. And then just <laughs> we didn't really see much more of... Um, being used in the second half which was very very odd but yeah like you say I I think there was just a lot of relatively promising stuff Um, this season we've seen us do that and huff and puff and then concede a goal and uh, it doesn't like the game doesn't go away but equally we've we've seen us start really well get a goal and uh, and go on from there so um, the game was fully in the balance Uh, I don't think we were like loads better than Newport um, but in the moments that counted, we we at least kind of got closer, and I think we were pretty unlucky with the the disallowed goal. Not, I mean, I, I've not seen it back to say if it was the wrong decision or not. I assume, I have to assume that it was the right decision, but it, it must have been fairly marginal because you know the whole round erupted, um, and I, I think I must have been the only person around me that sort of was able to see the flag and just sort of sitting there in despair while everyone's jubilating around me. Yeah, it was it was it was offside in my mind, you know. So I didn't leap with a year or anything like that. I, I and then quick glance to the uh, the 
assistant down there and it's it looked from where I was at it looked offside I know a few people have seen the replays and said well that looks that looks close but it there were no complaints were there he did seem a little bit ahead and yeah I mean I really hate doing this because Newport have done exactly what they needed to do really they've got they've come out of Swindon with three points but at no stage even with Swindon making those errors did I feel at all threatened by what how they were playing. I, I didn't feel like they were going to do anything magical, just create something. Or it, 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 obviously, typically, it happened to be a Swindon error that that won them the game, which is fine. You know that's how football works. But I was quite disappointed by Newport. I guess is what I'm saying there. Mm. And they they got their three points. I think I was expecting two sides that really didn't want a point and really needed a win. But I didn't get that. And a lot of people have been saying, you know, that was that it, the performance that we saw was exactly how it was always going to be. But I was surprised it, that was the case. Because, I mean, as, as we move to the second half now, we it was turgid, really. And, and given where we are in the season and where we want to be by game 46, there's not really any excuse for it. Yeah, um... I think the thing that we have to point out with Newport and their approach for the game is that they were missing their leading man for the first hour. Um, So for the first hour, we were probably just about the better team. I think think Newport had a spell before the hour, um, maybe from about, to be honest, most of the the second half in fairness, but like it was, the game was fairly even in the first kind of quarter of an hour of the the second half. Um, And, they they kind of didn't have a focal point to work around uh, and then Telford comes on and actually does nothing himself but it just seemed to give them a lift um and i i think I, I i almost wonder what the game would have been like if we'd had our equivalent obviously being harry mccurdy in terms of like both players just seem so important to how they play like not just when they're on the ball but when other players are on the ball just because their movement does things that uh, opens up things for themselves and different players so uh, not yeah like I said not that Telford had a great game um, but I was kind of thinking towards the end of the game it's interesting how much they've improved and you know it'd be interesting to see how much we'd have improved if we'd have been able to even if even if we'd had been in the same situation of being able to get McCurdy on for half an hour um, what, what would have happened uh, not in like a you know yeah, not not in a oh, sour grapes way, but just yeah, it it was. Uh, I think we didn't see the full Newport because they weren't playing as the full Newport until they brought the key man on. Um, I think what was interesting is obviously a lot's been made this season on how Newport have kind of changed their style last season a bit and and this season as well to become less direct and and play a lot more football, which on the ball they definitely do, but I think off the ball, they still still seem to be like a really tough tackling, hard-working, well-organised, well-drilled side, um, which I think is what probably, well, partly impressed me in, in terms of like, they just always seem to have two men on the around the ball when we were sort of trying to break. Um, they did, they, they, they were quite clever in some of the like uh, sort of blocking runs that they, they made to just kind of like run across people and draw fouls when they weren't even on the ball. Um, to a point where it, a lot of it kind of felt cynical, and I, the way that they were going into it with like 110 percent effort was kind of—I was getting worried that someone was going to get injured at some point because they were really going into these tackles. Um, 
like to an extent that they probably didn't need to. Um, but I think that must be why they're up there because I think as a footballing side, they're definitely good, but they're like not they're not any better than a lot of the teams I've seen sort of in League Two this season. Um, but off the ball, they have the industry of a team that sort of you know probably <laughs> probably don't play sort of the kind of silky style that they have on the ball so it's a really interesting mix I think uh, and yeah you can definitely see even if their form recently hasn't been as good like why they're up there even if we probably didn't see their best on Saturday either so um, I, I I don't know if I, 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 I yeah I, I don't really know what I think about their performance but yeah it was I think I saw enough of them in the second half to be like relatively impressed and although that they didn't really create anything big until we just created something for them. Um, it was probably actually deserved at the end because they were better Ooh, in the second half. No, I think it was the most nil-nil sort of performance by two teams ever, and we just threw it away at the end myself. I mean, I've got no quarrel with Newport County. Well, Ben Wills is Newport County. We helped build them. Connor on this podcast so you know they're welcome and I wish them well for the rest of the season we talked about subs there making a huge difference and substitutions was a big discussion uh, within Swindon fans uh, we saw Ricky Aguilar and JML come on um, and then Gladwin shortly afterwards uh, Wardy S says didn't look like scoring all games some bizarre substitutions for me it's going to take a miracle to reach the playoffs oh well wrecks them away next year and Lee C simply says those subs were absolutely crazy that's all were they crazy or is it just a sign of what depth we have at the moment I mean they're kind of all we had I think I, I don't you can probably say we could have brought Egbo instead of JML but I mean really if you're if you're chasing the game at nil nil you have to bring attacking players on and they were the attacking players that we had on the bench so what I would draw issue with is that we didn't make changes earlier. Like what was clear to me, at least in the second half was that Jack Payne was having a complete shocker in the second half. He was okay in the first half, I thought, but the second half, he was just forcing things too much. Uh, he was letting the ball run um, and like just giving it away because either his first touch was poor or he wasn't even getting a first touch because someone had the run on him. Um, and just like didn't seem to be able to get the ball into someone's feet. Uh, it, it was to the point that it was really frustrating to watch him. So I was expecting on the hour mark an Aguiar or a, a Gladwin substitution uh, and was then amazed when it took another 10 minutes or so um, for, for something to happen. Um, I, I I think basically like the way that I've been thinking about this and I I, I thought about this a lot in the evening is just like where this shows the kind of weaknesses in our squad in the sense that what what probably you would have changed if you're looking looking at that game and you don't know who's on the bench you just you're looking for like a type of player uh is you know maybe a second striker or someone to just kind of change things in in that way like maybe rejig the formation just to have another body up top um or 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 someone that you know knows has an eye for goal um, and obviously, if he had been fit, McCurdy would have been that, may, or, or he might have been in the team. And then there's someone else that that can come on for him. Uh, but like the way that our squad's built, we've got a lot of creative attacking midfielders that don't score very often. 
uh, you know, maybe a little bit un- unfair on a couple of them. Uh, but like, what we really would have wanted is probably a striker, uh, maybe a, a winger that has scored a few goals this season. Uh, and, and we just didn't really, really have that um, at all. So we had to make some changes because what we were playing wasn't working at that point and they were the players that we could have brought on. But I think you can just see at this point where the fact that we haven't been able to build the squad that probably the club would have wanted due to the embargo. I mean, they have kind of worked under constraints and you know brought in a second striker in, in January and then had a player called back and then weren't able to replace him. Um, so we've, we've been working with one striker all season which I'm sure nobody actually wants. Like that, That's not something that you would do out of choice, right? Um, and like the fact that, I mean, I don't think this was decisive in this game, but it was decisive last week against Rochdale, like only having like one defensive midfielder of a, like the really high standard of like you want him to be in the team every week um, has probably cost us at different points. And, I think this game is an, is annoying because of sort of what's happening now. But had we probably picked up six points from the previous two games, so we didn't have Reed, then we it would have been annoying. But we'd still be like really we'd be up there, right? Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, we've come off of two bad results, and then we're still missing a key player in a forward position. So I don't know. It's a bit of a mess, but yeah, I, I think we it, it, it was one of those occasions where I think it was quite clear like that having our hands tied behind our back does have some constraints, even if you're working really well and put together a squad that has been really good at different points and at full strength is great. But then, yeah, we've been so under strength for the last few months that it was bound to catch up with us, I guess. It really was. And, you know, we're going to do an episode once the season's finished where we'll point the fingers at the moments where what changed the season, January, of this year will be a big one, but so will Ben Garner's insistence that he wanted players that could play in multiple positions. And I think this podcast raised its eyebrows at that, at that suggestion, you know, I guess football fans know what they want in a center forward. And it was quite clear that we didn't have that in depth with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more a bit later on. Let's get to that blooming goal then. Oh, yeah, um, not a great moment for Swindon season. Kind of a reverse Oldham, really, wasn't it, in the end? Uh, Luke C saying Conroy had a great game for 89 minutes, but it defaults to read that man of the match after full time. Jojo was 90% at fault for the goal, uh, but it takes two to own goal. So it's a mess. And a lot of people have been blaming this guy, that guy. Ultimately, it's just a mess. <laughs> it's just, it's you know, you want Jojo to commit. You don't want everything that happened before that to, to. You want all of that to not happen, and the the one thing that you can't point fingers at is it Dion Conroy because if he doesn't touch that, then it's a tap in for I think Telford, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. just a sorry, sorry moment of our season. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, I think you have to just share blame among the defense there. Um, I mean, we get caught on in transition as well. So, like, if we hadn't given the ball away quite so easily in, in their half, it doesn't happen. So, you can probably blame everyone, almost. Uh, but I think, like, we're just caught off balance. Uh, I think be- between the right-hand side of the fence, that's pretty awful, um, to be honest. Um, I-, I think that's probably where it happens, because then you've got the split second where Jojo has to decide, am I going to come out or am I going to just try and, I'm going to stay on my line and try and try and save it. Um, 
that indecision probably just makes it a goal. Uh, but you can see like why he has to think about it because it's it's kind of like well why like why you would expect someone to be there uh, that down that that right hand side from our perspective the Newport left. Um, but yeah, I think I think Wallacott, you know, given the indecision after that, did what he could to kind of delay it. Um, there was a chance it wouldn't go in, um, but you know it's been put into the right area, and as you say, someone's following in. So all Conroy can do is try and get a touch on it and do something, and it doesn't work out uh, for the best. No. Uh, if, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I say, I just I think everyone's got a small part of the blame. Um, in that, so I I don't want to dig, dig out anyone in particular, but yeah, it's a particularly poor goal to concede, uh, and you know, probably those are the ones that, as an away fan, you'd be really excited about. So uh, oh, I was just so bitter uh, to see <laughs> how, how happy they yeah. were. Yeah, it's one of my sort of guilty pleasures, which is usually as a neutral when I go to games, is seeing a, a good away following celebrate. Um, when you're surrounded by, you know, people static, it's it's a it's quite a unique sight, isn't it? Um, watching the limbs, as as the kids say, um, but not this time. And then they got really, really loud, and they were singing like the uh, "Don't Take Me Home" um, just shortly after saying "Swindon's a shithole." Yeah, oh, I mean, some some weird some weird fan chant moments. Like <laughs> they started singing about their habits with sheep to get that in before us, and then. For some reason, like then five minutes later, the town end did the exact same chant uh, to them. It's like, well, they've already owned it, so we can't can't beat them with that stick, can we? But yeah, I mean, yeah, if if somewhere's a dump and you want to go home, then you probably shouldn't also sing about not wanting to go home, not want to go. Home. That, that song for me, like that's a an international tournament song. I I really don't know how it how it works in club football because like, I've I've never been to somewhere in the UK and watched a game and like genuinely like not wanted to go home yeah i used to i used to go to um a few newcastle games away with my younger brother because he supports them and they they were singing that chant a good few years before that euro so it's been doing the achy breaky heart has been doing the rounds wales owned it and well i just yeah i mean like i said at the top of the pod they were magnificent in their noise after the goal in song you know after the the cheering of the actual goal itself and I was just like why was it like that the whole game you know it could have been I mean like I said I think it would have benefited us more maybe that's why maybe they knew yeah. that we feed off of atmosphere and that there wasn't much one but yeah it's oh god I, I will quite happily never discuss or watch that goal ever again yeah let's just consign it to the bin of history um and <laughs> yeah it it was it was not a great moment and the problem was because of when that happened I didn't hear how many minutes were added on. Uh, and, you know, I didn't think that we were going to score. Uh, and obviously we didn't. But uh, I literally had no idea when the full-time whistle was going to be because, you know. Six minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, right on during the celebration, the uh, the board went up. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah. didn't see it because I was too sad. Um, and... Obviously, there's a chance. Why didn't we put Wallach up for a corner earlier? I don't, don't know. It makes no sense. Uh, even the one that he went up for the first time, like he only got sent up as we were taking the corner, which was stupid. He should have been up there straight away. Uh, it, just a lack of urgency. There was a, there was a minute where we were piddling about with the ball on the right flag oh, by the corner flag. Yeah, just, like, oh, just get goodness. the ball in the <laughs> get the ball in the box. I don't care. Like I, I know. 
this is not a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D thing. Just like we need a goal. There's two minutes left. Don't waste time. We like oh that like that. I think my my two main problems with Ghana sometimes is just the lack of urgency we show in different parts of the game. And like I I think we were discussing this last night, and I did also point out that we scored a lot of winners at injury time this season. So. Uh, Clearly, I'm just looking at the times that we haven't, and then been annoyed about those. But I don't accept the f- <laughs> don't accept the fact that we have won a lot of points uh, late. And on you've in been games. in that away end this season plenty of times too, haven't you? You've you've experienced that yeah. away end <laughs> feeling too. So you know so, you have to take the rough with the smooth. Exactly. I think only Ginningham maybe um, where they've they've scored late on um, to equalise. In my mind, we haven't had that many, have we? Um, uh, but, but but like we've had our share. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, obviously we 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 do sometimes have the um or or maybe just the, like the lack of urgency sometimes actually keeps everything clear and clear minded and they manage to work an opening and get that goal. I don't know. So that's that's my first the first thing that I find annoying. Um, but you know maybe if we had just been pumping it into the box, we wouldn't have got anything anyway. I don't know. Uh, and the second thing is the substitutes which you mentioned. Like I. Like I said, I don't have any problems with the actual substitutions made, but I do have a problem with how late they were made. I mean, the, we we could we didn't create a chance between the 60th and the 90th minute. Unforgivable um, at this stage of the season. It's the same thing. It's the same thing last week against Rochdale. There was caught like from the 75th minute onwards, we didn't have a shot off target or on target. That's that's the critical point in the game, especially at nil nil. Like how how do you not do that? And then to then feel like oh well, we, 15 minutes we did last week. Let's do half an hour this week. Uh, and then just like you know, have the half chance of putting the ball in after the from a corner um, in injury time at the end to kind of break that run. But yeah, like you say, I mean, I, f- I feel like unforgivable is very harsh. I don't like speaking harshly all the time, <laughs> but it's it's like it's really frustrating because we, like we created chances earlier. Why couldn't we continue to do that? I just don't understand it, um, and I just think yeah. it, it, it's all interlinked somehow because if we can sit there in the sands and see that we have stopped creating stuff. And I think probably every Swindon fan had that realization. Like, why didn't we do something earlier? Um, because, you know, they're watching the same game. They, they can see that they can get the players warming up. They can make whatever changes they want from the players on the bench. There were options on the bench. I just don't understand it, but you know, we've done this to teams a lot this season. So it's happened to us and we, I guess we have to live with it, but uh, yeah. I'll change it to unforgivably frustrating uh, from (laughs) unforgivable. And the reason why I say that is like, you know, there's a bit of a, for those who don't go on social media, there is this sort of narrative of perspective versus perspective is for losers. It's better than what we all, not what we all, but it's what better than what many people said. But at the same time, playoffs is within grasp. And if you don't create a chance in those key parts of the game it's almost as if you don't want to go up if you, if if you put it in that in that in that way and that's not the case of course it's not but if you want to see the team you support absolutely scrapping desperately to get something out of the game and if that means that you you know you open up a little bit and they get a couple more chances but so be it yeah. you know put it this way i i want to agonize over the misses if we're not yes. going to go up I want to be gutted about Harry McCurdy spaffing one wide from two yards out or Louis Barry um, one-on-one with the goalkeeper in the 80th minute and he gets it off target or, I don't know, Williams misses a penalty um, 
in injury time or something like that. I want to agonise over that, not the fact that we've not created a chance for half an hour. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, you know, like you said, you're right. If we'd have opened up, they would have had more chances. Like that's a definite thing. But I, I also just think as a probability, a draw did neither, neither side any good. Someone had to win it. I think we're having a very similar conversation, apart from the goal, we're having a very similar conversation had this game finished nil-nil. Yeah, no, I, honestly, like the only re- the reason it felt so bad was just because I wanted us to do the same thing down their end. Yeah. Uh, I like, I, I if if it had ended nil nil, I would have still felt gutted because I I don't, honest to god, I don't think like had we had we got one point, I don't think that would have done us any good in the table. I, I think like it's almost like obviously it's a shame to have the losing moment um, on on Saturday, but in terms of the terms of the table, that doesn't really damage us. It's the, just the fact that we've not got three points. Like three points was essential if we were trying to stay in that hunt. Obviously, we can still get there, but it almost requires like perfection from now on, which I, I think what, from what we've seen recently, we're not going to get. Um, but we live in hope. We live in hope, and I will be, <laughs> I'll still be at every game. Um, but yeah, going away at the right time, Rich. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. we we would have felt similarly downbeat if we had ended nil because also we would have then been talking similar to that Bristol Rovers game in January. Why didn't we go for it? Because, you know, even without that goal there, we still didn't go for it at any point. No, no. And Ghana's tactics did get questioned or just Ghanable, if you want to put it as a collective term. Uh, Nick says Ghanable, more like Ghana bore. Natives around me, the most restless they've been all season. Seven home wins in this dreadful league, not good enough. Tired of the we have a club still rhetoric as i mentioned there move past that now questions rightly asked over tactics no matter the match ryan says i really don't like garnable i can't afford to renew my season ticket next season but if i could i wouldn't get one because i really don't like garnable and elliot williams with an observation about johnny williams down to tactics williams was a 10 out of 10 in the first half and had the chance to roam about in the middle and the final third, creating shooting opportunities and made a lot of our plays. Second half, he gets put on the left and he disappears. So Ghana post-game was quite, you know, he seemed quite relaxed to me, you know, in his in his conversation with the media, wheeling out all the usual bits and pieces. There is a slowly emerging frustration with Ben Garner's tactics. I think, you know, we've got to where we are this season where we're talking about the playoffs because of him. So therefore, that cannot be ignored. And I feel like it is at the moment. I think with him, yeah, I, th- I think we're almost taking for granted that there's a lot of good work going on. And then it's it's the bits where it's not quite refined to the extent that we'd like that is really frustrating because we can see the we can see the promise that the whole project has. Um, and when it doesn't quite work, it's actually more frustrating for the amount of promise that we have. So obviously just like footballing aesthetics, like people have different styles of play that they like to see. And I don't even mean that like someone who doesn't like Ghana is necessarily someone who wants to see us be sort of pumping it along like we did under Sheridan last season, because that's not the truth. I, I think probably the, the frustrating thing when we've not been that great under Garner in different spells this season is we play so slow. Um, 
when we played well under Garner, it's been really quickly. Uh, and I think the way that I like to see a team play football, we discussed it after the Walsall game, is just quick and relentless and just keep going and keep going and keep going and create attacks uh, and, and create chances. Um, and like, you know, under previous managers that have been successful with us, we have done that kind of on a more consistent basis. I think with Garner, there seems to be almost a pragmatism of, you know, like staying in a game, and trying to win narrowly uh, rather than just sort of going for it uh, and, you know, maybe we'll lose, maybe we'll win. And there was a point in the season where we were doing that and it was really exciting. And I think just injuries to key players during that run has just kind of taken us off the boil again because once you lose Cooper and you lose um, McCurdy and you lose Tomlinson and you lose um, Reed uh, with suspension for, for different points in that run, it just kind of has shifted the momentum away from sort of running away with uh, it, at least in a playoff sense, like running into the top seven quite comfortably and just having to scrap and scrap and scrap. And eventually, I guess that that means that you then start dropping points in in games that you shouldn't do. I I think this game, maybe that's a game that you, not not that you shouldn't drop points. It's a game that you don't want to drop points. It's important not to, but um, I, I think we wouldn't have been going into that game necessarily expecting three points as much as we'd have like wanted them and been disappointed if we didn't get them. But the two previous games, it's pretty bad that we didn't get six points from those two games because the Crawley and Rochdale are not good um, at football. Um, I, I guess that's my, <laughs> uh, I guess that's my frustration is like that there are points where we could have gone for it. And if you get six points from those previous two games, dropping points on Saturday would have hurt, but not been as bad. Uh, and I I think just the way that we're set up, if we go back to the team selection, like the fact that we've got Baudry in there next to Conroy, who's not a quick guy either, that sets the tone for the rest for the whole team. And, you know, there's experience there. They're, they're good players. They can defend one-to-one pretty well, usually. Um, I think some of Conroy's one-to-one defending actually yesterday was some of the best we've seen from him this season. Like he was getting his body in the way. Um covering the space really well, um, like actually commanding the box and like he reduced them to not many chances. Obviously scored the end goal in the end, but that that happens sometimes. But we play out from the back and more often than not, the ball gets a Baudry and after, you know, he, he moves around and is turning circles so slow, it sounds like, you know, one of those industrial vehicles that goes beep, beep, beep whenever it's turning. <laughs> like after that five seconds of just sort of pivoting on the board and turning and looking for an option, there's no option. Someone's pressed him. He has to give it to either Hunt or Conroy. They then look to give it back to someone else or give it back to, to Wallacott. Wallacott then doesn't have an option, probably gives it back to Baudry. And that's just wasted on their 20 seconds where like not even in a get it forward way, but just you know, someone who's slightly quicker probably gets the ball into Reed and then they can build the play through there. Uh, and this was a problem against Rochdale and it was a problem yesterday. Like in, in, in both games, it's just really frustrating how slow, like he, how slow he made us because I think Conroy with a slightly quicker player, um, there's a lot of speed of thought there between the, like a combination of him and Odomeo where, you know, they, they aren't just going to be passing to each other across the back. Uh, maybe maybe Hunt and Wallacott get a look in at some point. Um, but yeah, just like Baudry has a good pass on him, but he, he just seems to not be able to find it at this point, uh, which is uh, really annoying. Um, and 
I think the the other thing this happened again also against Rochdale and it's happening yesterday is the amount of times that we would actually then work the ball out and get it to a, a creative player and pass to their back foot. So it means that they can't just immediately pick the ball up and start running, but they have to stop and then they're probably going to have to play it backwards because by the time that they've brought the ball properly under control, the option's not on because Newport have swarmed the different options of passes and runs that they can make and that, that, <laughs> that the only thing to do is go backwards. Uh, whereas if the pass is played probably to their front foot, they can just control it and move make advantage of the fact that they've got a little bit of room and then and get the ball onto someone else. So I, I think it just meant that we were so much slower, especially in that second half where there was a, we were just pinned into our half for so long. And Newport didn't create anything, but we can get out of our half. It, like for me, that, that starts from the fact that from the back, it was just so slow and just, yeah, it, unless Eldermeo is injured, I just don't understand why he wouldn't have been there because he is a lot quicker at getting the ball out from the back. Uh, and his, Progressive passing through midfield is one of the things that I think is really underrated about Odomea. Uh, so, oh, I don't know. Like, it, it amazed me. I, I'm, I'm assuming that we will talk about Man of the Match now, Rich. But given what I've said, it is amazing <laughs> who, has, who has got it. Well, we'll get to that in just a moment because there was still plenty of raw frustration, sadness and resignation at full time from listeners. Uh, the deep thinkers Paul D said, oh, bugger, uh, while Mr. Good says, pile of wank. <laughs> um, it's half term. So no one's doing the school run. We're all cool. Matthew says season over. Uh, Lemus says absolutely hopeless up front. Comical mistakes at the back. Dull, slow football. Playoffs slipping further and further away. Looking like we'll be in League 2 for another season. Joe says I just feel pain overall. Jack Tanner says at least we can safely book any holidays in May now. Cole Porter provides a Ben Affleck staring into the abyss. Hello, darkness. My old friend, Gif. Ben Nichols says catastrophic. Best team for the vast majority. Newport had settled for a point. Football is so cruel. And finally, Blunsdon Red says, all shit. Read that out on the pod. Well, I did. So there we go. Is it over? Because looking at the games that we have left and what the stakes are for those teams and looking at how little distance there is between us and the playoffs, it still think, it still seems that it's very much up for grabs. I guess what football fans see is they see those performances, how lost we are up front without our top goal scorer. And also they think back to when we've been in similar situations as this historically, and it rarely ends well. You don't stumble into the playoffs. You're either in there comfortably all season or um, you squeeze in after a good final run. We're not enjoying that sort of stuff at the moment. We're coughing and spluttering. It's not a good sign, but it's, it can't be over, can it? It's not over, but I think, like you say, if you kind of try and extrapolate what our recent form has been, I mean, if you look at, obviously over the season, we're 11. So if you extrapolate that, we finish 11. If you extrapolate our recent form, we'll probably end up, we, I, I guess we can't finish lower because the, the gap to Hartlepool is quite big now. Um, but it doesn't seem like we would finish in that that top seven. But if if a lot goes right for us, both well, to be honest, like if we were to like win the rest of our games, we probably will sneak in there. Um, I don't think that's going to happen though, so it would require things going our way elsewhere as well. Um, which is obviously as a, a football fan, you feel quite uncomfortable about relying on things happening correctly elsewhere. So um, at this point, I feel like. I still have a faint hope, but I'm not going to be you. I'm not going to be carrying that hope into any of those games. I think I'm going to be going into those games 
for the rest of the season just you know just trying to enjoy them for what they are hopefully we get some good moments and and enjoy some good football um see a few players that we have now that are really good possibly that won't be here next season playing playing well um and and just yeah enjoy it for what it is um, and you know hopefully that means a few wins and then we do go to Warsaw and there's something to play for on the final day uh, that's probably my my fever dream is 3,500 Swindon fans with nothing to hope for. Obviously, not everyone will turn up, I guess. But um, yeah, I was really, I've, I've been really looking forward to that big day out kind of vibe, and um, it'll be a shame not to get it. But yeah, it, it requires a lot to go right to have something to play for on the final day. So let's hope it does. Let's hope that we're being negative now, but in a week we are singing a different tune after two wins over Easter. Absolutely. Let's listen to Jan Fjortov's voice, have a few more listeners' contributions and talk man of the match. Hi, this is Jan Fjortov and welcome. And I'm on Loath Strangers. It's so hard for Norwegian. Love Strangers. The rest of listeners' contributions now. Thank you to everybody who sent stuff in this weekend, starting with Sarah V, who said, look promising by the end of the first half, but second half wasn't great. Newport blocked the Ghana ball well, and we didn't take our chances. Hate that we are reliant on McCurdy for goals. Want to believe in the playoffs still, but my cheeriness is waning. Paul Merriman says, quite possibly another season in this awful, awful league. Terrible referees, terrible grounds, terrible. We played well. We missed McCurdy. It's just the final ball in or the finish lacking the quality we have seen so far this season. A real shame. STFC Narb says, man of the match, Conroy, which is strange for me, but seems solid. They just seem so lethargic and lacking any passion for the playoffs, which made it all the more frustrating as with the 10k plus crowd willing to show passion, they didn't get it from the players. So the whole thing was flat. Bernie Man says, gut-wrenching way to end the game, but brought it on ourselves, unfortunately. Lack of striker recruitment is what has done us in at the end of the season. Another rebuild beckons, which is disappointing. Just not enough numbers or quality in the squad. Man of the match, Johnny Williams. MTH says, think we move on to priority signings for next season now, along with an actual striker and a proper captain able to lead teammates through matches such as today needs to be the first signing for me. Team has lacked drive, leadership and on the pitch direction all season. Philip says, not sure I will ever fully take to Ghana. Why wasn't Egbo brought on? I fear we could seriously regret not taking this opportunity for promotion this season. Next season will be harder, even with more investment. Rob D says, better team, but it doesn't matter if you can't score goals. McCurdy's injury and Ipswich recalling Simpson is going to be the difference between League One and League Two next season, sadly. Pete Marsh says, man of the match by default, Louis Reed need the biggest comeback since Lazarus for the remaining six games. Obviously, without McCurdy, no decent finishing. If only Barry had some composure in front of goal. And why didn't Egbo come on? Simon G says, so frustrating. Barry had the left back on toast and on a yellow card. And then we didn't test him all second half. Williams, man of the match for trying to show some go forward and creativity with little around him. Mitchell Singh says, Baudry, man of the match. I think the players that everyone looked to the most this season were the worst three. Reed, Payne and Williams were all off the pace today. Williams 
Embarrassing as always, Payne couldn't get the tempo and Reed careless in possession. Tom J says, thought we did reasonably well in a game that was always going to be cagey. Had Golders Draw written all over it. Their subs brought energy and highlighted our lack of quality depth from the bench. Reed man of the match, Baudry, very good too. Bill Co says, got nothing up front. Davison is not good enough. He's non-league. Got no threat at all without McCurdy. Don't understand why Egbo never gets a shot. Got pace to get around the back last time he brought him on and we created chances. Totally cocked it up today and they weren't good either. SDFC Sean says, I think if we had Simpson as well, we would have picked up a few more wins. But I don't blame him for not signing a new contract with Ipswich. Craig says, Conroy man of the match. I measure closing to the Ghana out camp, especially as we're looking at another season in League Two. Paul Temple says, the great Welsh giveaway. Why are we so passive with our defending and lose concentration? Was going to give it to Baudry, but the man of the match goes to Ellis, who didn't have a part to play in that debacle at the end. Toothless in the final third, no tools for playoffs, so no chance now. And finally, parody Clem Morfuni, who says, I think the football did its job well. Managed to get in the net once, technically twice. Took a hell of a kicking throughout, but stood firm and wasn't afraid. And wasn't afraid of head or foot. Okay then, so... I asked for the man of the match, as I always do. There were a selection. Not many really wanted to give me a name this week. Most felt that there wasn't really a standout player. We've had a couple of those recently, you know, when we've not done so well. Lots of six out of tens, but no one really standing out. So I put it to a vote between four players. Dion Conroy, had I waited an hour or two, probably would have made the vote alongside these guys but wasn't to be for him so um, in fourth place was Johnny Williams in third place was Louis Reed in second place was Ellis Iandolo but quite comfortably um, the man of the match in a in a poll with just short of 300 votes was Mathieu Baudry uh, for the second week running actually on the listeners vote is third man of the match from listeners this season which is impressive considering he's only played 10 games and eight of those he started I guess Connor I've got no beef with Baudry I think he was fine I don't really give my defenders man of the match unless it's a backs to the wall sort of performance where they've really had to dig in and save the day but it didn't feel like that sort of game and then at the end there was a big defensive howler which kind of voids a lot of um <laughs> the previous positivity in my mind but that's that's just me there Baudry man of the match comfortably so but you don't agree do you look I understand the logic behind it like in terms of heading it and kicking it Matthew Baudry is fine on 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 Saturday he did his job mostly fine up until that that final moment where it's not just him it's everyone and even if you're saying everyone he's not the like highest person to blame in that that group of players that are at fault so I don't count that against him necessarily and you know there are a lot of things that he did well I guess the problem is it's hard to choose a man of the match and that would have counted the same for Rochdale where everyone was basically a five or a six out of ten uh so you could basically just just chosen a name at random and it probably would have been fine um, I think the other one that he was man of the match was Bradford, where everyone was absolutely horrible, and he came on for a bit and was okay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so 
yeah, that <laughs> that kind of speaks for kind of um, kind of where he stood out the season. But um, I think for me, as I kind of detailed earlier, I'm kind of looking for a centre-back to kind of set the tone correctly. And I think he did set the tone, but just in a way of like, we're going to play really slow um, and kind of be a bit ponderous. Um, and, and that will lead to mistakes at the back when when a team's going to press you. So uh, for me, he just shouldn't have been in the team if, if there was another centre-back that was fit. Um, but I still, I like Baudry. Um, like he comes across like a really great guy. Um, he's come up big for us in different moments over the last two seasons before. Um, and I think probably in a back three in the middle, he'd be absolutely fine uh, for us now. Um, bringing him on for 20 minutes to just do some defending um, in different games here or there or cover for an injury, absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, I'm just a bit... I just don't think he's the right option for us to be sort of starting with, unless we only have two centre halves and he's one of them. Um, I I think there should he should kind of just be uh, the guy in the dressing room that keeps things together and um, kind of gives advice to the younger players and steps in when he's needed. But I don't think he was needed on Saturday. Um, but obviously, people did, people have uh, their reasons for voting for him as man of the match, and I, I'm probably just steaming in with a hot take that no one wanted. So. <laughs> um, it's it, yeah, it is what it is. I can see, I can see why he was man of the match for some people. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not. He's kind of one of the reasons we didn't win for me. Okay, so who gets it? Oh, why do you have to ask me so many difficult questions, Rich? I don't know. I like I honestly, the last two games, ever since I introduced the idea of doing a man of the match for every every game, um, when I came in as a host last season, um, I. Didn't regret it last season. Like there were so many horrible games, but like there would be one player that would stand out. I just think the last two games we've been five or six out of tens across the board, with no one standing out really negatively and no one really standing out hugely positively. Um, you know, up until I, I, I really don't know, <laughs> Rich. I, I think Williams was pretty exciting in the first half. Um, Barry was also quite exciting in the first half and missed so many chances that I just don't think it can be him. Um, obviously, the the like reflex that everyone has is to just give it to Reed because he he does bring the team on quite a lot and he did things that we missed against Rochdale and against Crawley on Saturday, which was good. Um, but he also did a lot wrong as well. Baudry, it is. <laughs> I'm not giving it. No, no. I would. I would sooner give it to like someone who was on the bench and didn't come on. You're sharpening your studs there. there. I, I think. I'm, I think it's got to be Williams, but okay. it's not. It's not that I think he was so great. I think it's just that he was probably the better player of of, of the eleven that didn't play very well. It, over the course of the 90. Johnny Williams gets the pod vote. I mean, I think you're right. Last season, when you look at the list, and we do have that list, the agreement between listeners and podcasters is quite significant. Most weeks, both sides um, give the same person man of match. It's actually been quite different this year. Quite a lot of uh, contrast, which is good. Um, I've just blown away that Baudry, given how little he's played, has got three man of the match nods from listeners but Tyrese only got one absolutely uh crazy given that and now people are beginning to really sort of acknowledge how important he was 
to this side um, before Ipswich got all funny and uh, recalled him. Oh, well, we'll talk about that nearer to the end of the season. So here we go then. Um, Friday is the game. Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, There will be a handful of Swindon fans that will tune in on Saturday and wonder what on earth happened (laughs) to Swindon Town this weekend. But Friday game, Harrogate, you're going, aren't you? For my sins. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to those tea rooms. Oh, mate, it's going to be a big day on the Oolong, I think. Um, (laughs) A new long day. There we go. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like I say, just for hopefully a good day out, a new ground, somewhere that you wouldn't really associate with football, I guess. Um, And a long day on the train. Ooh. I just hope it's better and I hope we win just to give us something to, to look forward to because obviously the weekend after it's Har- uh, Hartlepool away and that's an even longer trip. So I want to be going there at least with us playing for something because blimey, if we're not, I will feel so- very sad in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my soul is beginning to ache already. So if you've got to do those journeys, oh, I'll be thinking of you, but I can't wait to listen and find out all those lovely hot takes. But until then, Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.